Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Wait, I can't hear Tyler. Oh, darn. Let's oh, wait, see. yes, I can hear you. Oh, oh my God. Okay, I just want to start off saying, like, I love your show. Oh. And I am, like, so moved by, like, every, like, all your gifts. And, like, yeah. I'm such a strong believer in all of that. And I'm so, like, I literally, I've DM'd you. Oh, <laughs> Did he, did he reply, Noah? <laughs> Never checked my outlaws. Like, I, I would love to one day, like, get a reading because I just, I am so inspired by you and oh, your work. And, like, you. I oh, literally, like, the one, first time he ever asked me, like, who do you want on the show? I was like, Tyler Henry, please, so I can finally meet him. So this is so awesome. Thank you for being on our show. Like, of course, I, I wouldn't miss it. I'm I am so excited to meet you. How are you? I'm doing good. I was just saying, I've been listening to July all morning. I'm oh, like thank stuck you. in my head now. So I, I'm, I'm going to be whistling <laughs> for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> right. You're going to be doing that all the, all the time. Yes. Um, wow. This is like, I'm so, what's up, Lou? Everything's good. Should we, should we start? Yeah, let's start. Um, okay. So uh, this is the first ever Zoom uh, in my in fields, fields vibe. Um, so the premise of In and My Feels is we have Tyler Henry, the amazing medium, um, and obviously Noah, my, my amazing co-host, Noah Cyrus, the superstar. And I'm the biggest fan of Tyler Henry. So this is, <laughs> my, my, this is going to be top, top, top favorite episode, I feel like. There I'm we go. So it's a natural synergy. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, so, so yeah, so In, in My Feels is a, um, you know, every we, you know, we we've been discussing everything on the outside is created from the inside. So emotions, feelings, um, thoughts, everything creates your outside exterior. So we kind of just start on that premise of you know how is everyone feeling? Sure. Yeah. How are you? What's what's new in your world? And like, because I feel like they hear from us all the time. What's what's new in your world? Like, how are you? How is everything? Well, you know, with this recent pandemic, I think everything's yeah. kind of been on hold for everybody. And so for me, I was uh, you know, in the middle of a tour. I kind of traveled the country sharing group readings and um, basically just do what I do in, in audiences. And so that's kind of came to a halt. So I've been taking this time as kind of a necessary unwinding. And I, I think uh -huh. it really allowed me to kind of recenter and refocus and right. trying to make the best of the situation for sure. <laughs> do you ever get like drained? I feel like I'm sure that's really draining. Like if you're doing also, you're saying you're doing tours and groups and that's, okay. I, I'm sure that takes a lot of your energy, right? Am I, yeah. do you I get say, from that? I think any creative field, anything where you're having to tap into your intuition, be it doing readings or writing music or really anything. I, I get exhausted. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Cause I think it's kind of like acting like a conduit for your inspiration and, and that in and of itself can be a little draining. So I think it's a, it's also kind of an interesting thing because the very things that kind of recharge us can sometimes drain us if it's too much. So I think it's about finding that balance. And for me, that's been a big lesson. For sure. So you, what age did you realize that you were like given this gift? Well, uh, really pretty much started for me when I was around 10 years old. Um, I woke up one night and I just had this knowingness that my grandmother was going to pass away. And at the time, it just kind of felt like a memory that hadn't happened yet. And it was really confusing. And I went into the room to try to explain this to my mom. And as I was talking to her, her phone rang. 
And she pulled out her phone and she said, hold on. And when she answered the phone, it was my dad on the other end. And he said, my grandmother had just taken her last breath. So that was kind of the catalyst for it. But at 10 years old, you don't really identify that as an ability. It's more just kind of something that happens to you. So. Was it an intuition or was it like a specific voice? Was it, how did it? The only way I can describe it is more along the lines of an intuition. It, it, Got it. I use the word knowingness a lot because a lot of people wonder how intuitive information comes through. And sometimes it's as simple as just a knowing, uh, a familiarity with something or a familiarity with a fact or a, an insight that you can't really explain, but you know without a doubt. And I think those are very powerful. I think sometimes people think of psychic information as having to have like a ghost appear at your bedside or being hit over the head with a billboard like a sign. Um, and it doesn't really work that way. It's, it's really just kind of more being able to be in touch with yourself enough to notice those signs. For sure. And when you, when you like hear from spirit or whoever is like coming to you, like if say like, are you, can you, are you just sometimes like at the supermarket and like sure. that just comes to you and like, do you hear it almost? I've always wanted to ask you, do you, is it more of a feeling or is it like a voice that you hear? It's a great question. You know, I always say my sixth sense uses the other five senses to communicate. So when I do a reading, all of my senses are pretty much free game. Um, I am primarily clairvoyant, so I tend to get more mental images. I'm more of a visual person than a visual learner. Um, but I also will get sometimes physical sensations in my body that will correspond with how someone passed away. Sometimes I'll hear a name or hear a voice, even if it's internally. Um, there's other times I'll get tastes or even smells that are some form of a message, and it can be a little confusing. So I think a good medium is able to kind of take all of that stimulus and turn it into a message and interpret it in a way that makes sense. That's so cool. I can imagine be, be being 10 and, and, and I, yeah, having I, that. Like, it doesn't even, I can't even, like, it doesn't make sense to me. It took um, years. Yeah, years to really understand and I think kind of have a context for what I was experiencing. It's it's one thing to have one moment of knowingness, but then to have it repeat at school and with teachers and then with adults and then my own family eventually. Wow, uh, kind of really evolved and, and changed. And that's when. How did your family? Was there ever a time your family was in like disbelief? Well, you know, it took six years for me to tell my dad because he oh, was wow. pretty conservative Christian. Um, but my mom obviously knew from that initial premonition about my grandmother. So, you know, she would kind of test me. We'd be out in public. We lived in a very small town and she knew various friends from high school that she'd see. And she'd point at people and say, what do you get off of that person? And <laughs> I would just say, you know, oh, I think maybe they have a brother that passed and maybe a car accident. And then she would just lose it because that would be how, you know, someone passed in that person's family. So wow. um, that would happen. But I did have to kind of come out of the psychic closet for my dad when I was 16 and um he did you just uh, say a second closet like well yeah a psychic closet and a second closet i was like oh my god that was the yes. funniest fun for her <laughs> but yes yeah, so it, it, it was a lot of coming outs in that in that regard but yeah my dad eventually you know was totally keen to it and and once he understood what it was he was really accepting Absolutely. I mean, because even, uh, I mean, spiritually, I mean, I'm not, I'm not religious at all, but spiritually, I mean, you know, getting these, these informations, these, um, you know, reading people and stuff, it's kind of is along the lines of religion anyway. Sure. Um, so, I mean, your dad's reaction was, uh, why did it take so long? I mean, I feel like 
Sure. I think a lot of fundamentalist Christians specifically, you know, will focus on the aspect of the Bible that is a little bit more dogmatic. And there are yep. verses in the Bible that do speak against doing anything, you know, that emulates uh, trying to communicate with other things. Yeah. Um, but it you know, just comes to you. It does. It really wasn't a choice. It was never something. Yeah. And, and really, I think as a child, I, I wouldn't have chosen that for myself, even if I could have, because it did make both. It really kind of made my life a lot harder. Is, is the Absolutely. Way it now yeah, as an adult we, there's a benefit but as a child it was, it was yeah tough. i mean especially growing up you know as a as a child well 10 being 10 and and developing your, your social skills and emotional skills and everything else and then having to because we we had medical medium on uh on the podcast too he's amazing um and he had the same thing he's like you know developing this this sense is because we see it as a, as a gift but to you guys who are experiencing it you know, it's the same with Noah in the, her art form, you know, growing up in a celebrity household and always experiencing that. I was just going to say, I yeah. feel like I can not relate to you because I'm sure at 10 years old, experiencing everything you experience that you, that comes with such, I'm sure like, it was kind of a burden at a young age, right? I'm sure. sure. And me uh, coming from, a, a well-known family that that hurt me as a kid sure. if that makes sense you know what I mean like that that made me very confused and different and felt hard I don't know just everything you were saying absolutely about five seconds ago I wanted to be like I didn't want to cut you off but I was like that's how I feel like sure. the way I grew up like we just grew up so differently that it made it hard to grow up and, and you that- have to grow up faster Absolutely. It's a question around identity too. I mean, I think at, at a young age, we're developing and trying to figure out who we are and what Absolutely. we are. And, you know, we all have certain abilities or privileges or dynamics, but, you know, through that, we have to find our gift. And yeah. I think when we apply those opportunities uh, in the right way, you know, that's when we can kind of cultivate our gift, be it songwriting, being readings, you know. That's incredible. I have Absolutely. to get it. Promise me we get it. I get a reading whenever. You know it, of course. I, if I had read my DMs, I would have been on it already. <laughs> I, 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 I'll get your number when we're done with this. Absolutely. We'll, we'll be able to talk and hang out. But um, yeah, wow, that's so crazy. So when did you, um, did you, did you want to develop a show or did somebody come to you with a show? So it basically fell in my lap through a series of opportunities. And, you know, I basically was doing readings through word of mouth. Um, I graduated high school when I was 16 years old in my so small did I? Homeschool? Oh, Look at that. Yep, exactly. We're so. really connected. Okay. Wow. Crazy psychic connection. But graduating early, I think, I don't know about you, but it really seemed to help me. And I, I ended up uh, entering school to try to become a hospice nurse. Oh, and wow. so I was the youngest in my college class, and I was doing readings on the side, just to kind of supplement paying for textbooks and all that. I charged 20 bucks for reading, <laughs> and I basically just was in school, and as word of mouth spread, people heard about me from L.A. I grew up in Central California in a really small town, and eventually Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story reached out to me one day, and she emailed me, and I got <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is this the Sarah Paulson? And it was. And basically from there, it just kind of took off. But my, it was my little gay heart was just exploding everywhere. It was, it was Dude, insane. that's my heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you watch American Horror Story. Oh, yes. Yes. I so love remember it. She, yeah. she played Billy the Reader. Exactly. Right? 
Yeah. I was like, I, I've now, and she, and Billy got a Lifetime series in American Horror Story. I don't know if you yeah. remember that, but I feel like I've emulated her life now and it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that I remember. That's one of my favorite parts of the season one is whenever um, she talked to Addie through, and 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 Addie was like, "I thank you for not getting me to the house. Like, yeah. I thank you for not getting me there. I don't want to be stuck there." I thought that was such a really cool, like, real moment for people like us that are like intact with that and I'm not as intact as you obviously but like believe and like I don't know that was just a really cool scene for me because like I felt like that was like kind of one of the realest parts of that show you know what I mean for sure there's a lot of different dynamics as far as how it plays out in film and television and I think um, all representation is kind of interesting and entertaining and yeah, I just it's it's always interesting to see people's different takes on what it is to be a medium, even in fiction. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what what is your definition of a, of a medium? Just because I mean, I mean, we we have so many on the show, and we we love to explore, and you know, everyone has a different interpretation of, of totally. what a medium I would say is. For me, a medium is really just an intermediary, someone who's yep. kind of really in the middle, um, who relays spiritual messages to people who are still here. And so, I I actually called my first book "Between Two Worlds." Because I really feel like that's in essence kind of what it is. It's it's being able to navigate with one foot there and one foot here. And I think, you know, just because someone has an ability doesn't necessarily mean uh, they're going to always use it for the right purposes. So I think yeah. there is a distinction there in, you know, having to navigate that balance and still maintain some semblance of stability, I think is very uh, essential and important to being a good medium. Absolutely. Do you think there's some people that, are given that gift that that use it wrongly and I'm sure yeah absolutely i mean i've had clients who have sat down who i've sat down with who have said that they've had people tell them incredible specific information and then you know they also said oh you have a curse on you so i, I don't necessarily I, i've only been ter- told i have curses on me from who i've never I, read a single I, person i have been to not it's not wasn't a psychic reading it was just it was it was a healer, a spiritual spiritual healer. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can tell me the type of work she did on me. She goes like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kind of Reiki or something, but interesting. Yeah, like she goes like to my body and like whatever she said. Somebody put a curse on me, <laughs> and I was like, I started crying because this was the third time someone told me I have a curse on no. me. Oh my god! Um, but. I kind has of heard, a, a mini Noah voodoo doll. Honestly, I, I started actually, I'm, I'll tell you more about her. Like when we, yeah, when we, have, but like she, she, I actually started feeling a little better. Like after meeting her, like, I feel like she did her healing like positively, but I was just sure. wondering if there's some people that like, you know, possibly, you know, I'm sure. For you, sure. I, I think if there's ever any hook in any kind of work Everywhere. and got to look the other direction. I, I've never interacted with someone who I felt had a curse on them. Right. I just, I just haven't. And I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I just have never felt it. I've never noticed it. You feel great to me. I don't feel anything iffy there. So I wouldn't and worry to, too much. To you, what is like, what is a curse? Is that just a manifestation of bad energy or is that like Maybe. I mean, I think a lot of curses historically uh, have a lot to do with bad intention. And I think people wishing you ill will. And culturally and historically, a lot of cultures have used different things from the evil eye to certain rituals to kind of try to fend off this perception of people wishing you ill will. 
Um, but I, I've never noticed that there's really any spiritual significance to it for me personally. I've read a lot of people who I'm sure a lot of people have wished ill will on and, and just have never felt that it was something that played into their spiritual lives. So, yeah, I don't Absolutely. Too and, and, and Noah as well, you know, you're the creator of your own destiny, you know, nothing's well, predetermined. Everything well, can well, be changed at this exact moment. So, well, and again, if you don't allow those type of thoughts or feelings or emotions into your actual system, then you're protecting yourself from that anyway. For sure. Um, I think that's why like, you know, I have a lot of anxiety where, where I get my anxiety is not knowing the future. You know what I mean? Cause, cause you can always change your future and that future. Mm -hmm. But you do know the future Noah, because you know the now and that's all we future, have. Wow. You're so Billy Ray Cyrus right now. The future's now. That was a shout out to pops for sure. Um, <laughs> the future's now, but I, I think, I mean, we were talking about this with, Paul, when Paul was on the show? Paul Selig, yes. Yeah. Um, all anxiety is either past or present. I mean, past or future. Totally, yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, so... Because, because we worry about the things that have happened to us, and then we stress about the things that haven't happened to us. Mm -hmm. And logistically, I mean, how can you stress about things that haven't happened? Absolutely. I mean, if you know, it's, it sounds, you know, I know we all do, because we all do it, but I feel like, you know, Eckhart... It, the Power of Now is a really powerful book and it teaches you that everything is okay in the now. Totally. So then, so therefore the future is going to be okay too. If you can, you know, consistently re, you know, um, retrain your brain to, to live in the now, it's actually a really great, great book and teaching. Definitely. I, I've learned even from my work that there's a lot of conditioning that we go yeah. through from the time that we're a baby to the time that we die. And when spirits come through, they tend to be more enlightened versions of themselves in some capacity. And I really attribute that to them being able to let go of that conditioning and to recognize those structures yeah. that created anxiety and thought patterns that have created issues. And they're able to be free of them. So I find that to be very true in my work. Absolutely. What do you, um, so, I mean, have you read book, books like Abraham Hicks or Seth Speaks or any of those type of you know, not much. I have, I've obviously heard about them and, yeah. and uh, I still need to get them on my reading list, but I, I'm a big reader. I just, um, funny enough, tend to, to not read as much about mediums or, or spiritual aspects, Yeah, uh, but it's all very valuable for sure. Is Absolutely. that because you think everybody's different? Like everybody has their own? Totally. I, I think there's different takes and I think they all have value. Like people ask me sometimes about mediums, like, you know, what about, do you prefer this medium over another medium? And mediums like books, I think, resonate with different people, depending on the author. Yeah. <laughs> so I think people just naturally kind of gel with, you know, people and, and subject matter that they resonate with and, and others don't. I don't know if you've heard of her, Mary Hensley. I've not. I'll have to Google it. You have to Google her. I She's actually one of my good friends. Um, she, when she was really young, she... Um, had a dream that her uh from her grandpa that somebody in the family had was going to be diagnosed with cancer and she kept telling her family you know i forget who the family member was but you know they have cancer and when they went to the doctor sure enough she did wow and um a little later on in her life she got into a car accident and she actually met she, in her book, she wrote a book where she 
went to heaven and she met all of her spirit guides that have watched her. And she said that she felt as if she watched her life as a movie. Wow. That those two seconds. And she said she could see herself getting taken to the hospital from bird's eye view. view. Right. And when she woke up in the hospital, um, also when she was there, she was given the choice to stay or to go back home and, and continue giving her gifts and healing people. And um, she, she, she woke up in the room and there was a police officer and there were nurses and everything. And she was explaining to them. But but what about the lady that called the police? Is she okay? And and the the police all, all, everything she was explaining everything and and she was trying to explain to them. I was I I could see it. I saw the lady jump out of her car and grab me like she she was there. Um, and I get chills again every time I think about that. Just because I met her and and she totally changed my life. Like she's just so positive, but it's so. Her book is amazing. Her name is Mary Hensley. I, I, it's I just a read it. <laughs> really, really, really amazing story about how she came back and and everything that I always wondered what that's like to maybe when 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 someone or you pass like what that's like if you do see your movie or your life like a movie flash before your eyes in a second and like I think that's always been one of my fears because. I love my family so much that my fear is that when, when I die, I am going to have that big movie and I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to like see everything that I once loved. Is that, is that something that like you, do you know what, or think you know what it's like when people pass or what people see when passing or those people that do pass and come back yeah, you know, absolutely. and have those stories. Anytime I've ever asked the other side, where do you go? What's the big, you know, enchilada? Give me the big picture. They always kind of liken it to trying to explain arithmetic to a cockroach <laughs> in the sense that we as human beings are very limited in our ability to understand the whole of the universe. But with that said, I have found that of the thousands of readings I've done, that everyone has came through acknowledging a process of a life review which is what you've described. Oh, and that makes me so sad. Ego death. <laughs> but the ego death thing I think is very important because I think the life review allows us to see the ripple effect that our actions mm-hmm. and inactions had on the world. And then through that process, we have to gain acceptance over how we made a difference on this planet. And I think through that acceptance comes this ego death. In essence, we are able to let go of our preconceived beliefs, the things we held on to, the very things that make us human. And I think our soul is then able to kind of move on in the natural way. I think people always worry about being stuck on the other side. And I really think of it's a good way to think of it as almost like um, when you're born, you go through the birth canal, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you want to or not, you are forced to that birth canal. And I think on the other side, it's kind of like we're forced to go through this process. And I don't think we typically get stuck (laughs) or are um, held back. So I, I think there is just this natural progression that our consciousness has to make. And I think the life review of the ego death kind of helped substantiate that. Because I grew up in a Christian family myself, and I'm also Christian. And I, and I also believe that everybody can have their own connection with, with God and everything. And I feel like um, I went to Baptist church, but really we non-denominational, you know, like I just believe in God, had my relationship. But um, 
Do you think there is that heaven that we finally get to once we are past all of the trials and everything? Do you think that that there is a heaven that you reach? Because like that's of course something that like I I rely on, you know, with 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 my beliefs. I rely on being able to see my family again, sure. do see our family again. Do absolutely, absolutely. They, they time and time again will acknowledge both linking up with relatives and loved ones that they were connected with here, and even sometimes loved ones that they didn't even know they had. And that's very strange. People will meet grandparents they never got to meet on the other side. Um, the families are separated by biology. If someone's dad leaves and they pass away, sometimes they'll link up with their dad on the other side. So there's a lot of really interesting dynamics, but we do, I think, reunify. Um, on the subject of religion, I think I like to liken it almost to a, a cultural language, a language that we have with God. And depending on where you're born in the world, you're more inclined to kind of be taught a certain language. A certain exactly. way of connecting. I always say like, belief system is your belief system. You know what I mean? Like religion is however people want to take religion. Like Lou, he's not very religious, but he's so spiritual, (laughs) you know? But like, I still see that almost as your religion, Lou. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, um, you know, I feel like all religion, they all touch upon the same points. It's just written in terms that we would understand. Sure. Um, but it, I mean, as you said, you know, it, there's so many different layers, for example, waking up in the morning and deciding to go back to sleep for 10 minutes, or there's a part of you, if you've projected enough energy that you've actually gotten up and there's another you living this whole alternative lifestyle, or, you know, you know, not being a musician, I'm sure you thought about doing other things, um, during your whole life. And there's another you out there. Cause you know, you hear about these stories of people picking up guitars and just playing and understanding that they can actually play without even being taught anything there's another them but religion i mean it's all about awareness so how aware you are in this life is how aware you are in death and that's kind of how i view things that's why um you know we as humans we always see things as a beginning and an end you know if if birth is the beginning there is no end to birth there isn't the death is not the permanent source it's also death is rebirth Right. Um, so that's where the whole reincarnation. I mean, I can go on for many, many moons about this. Ex, you know, I'm walking this. to this door right here. I'll still be <laughs> just letting the dog out. Um, so yeah, how aware you are in in life is you know when so when you pass over, if you're understanding who we are and what, what why we're here, we're here to to you know to learn physical to feel physicality. Absolutely. And as you said, you know, explaining arithmetic to you know an insect is you're right in terms of we can't perceive. We could, the notion to us just doesn't exist in this physical form. Um, but I feel like the more we kind of bring awareness to it and the more people understand it, um, it resonates with us. Because I haven't spoken to anyone who doesn't understand what I'm talking about because I only attract people that do. Sure. Um, and we're all connected. You know, we are, we are a magnet for the things we want and the things we don't want. Um, so, I, I mean, are, are, you, are you... I sorry, feel like no? you've taught me a lot, Lou. Absolutely, like, yeah. I come like since I'm like Christian and I come from a Christian family, you also have like taught me a lot spiritually, that spiritually in a way, not anything to do with religion. In yeah, an, another spiritual way that you've helped me. And and Tyler, when I actually met Lou, I was in the worst place in my life. I don't you think I feel like I've just 360 since I met him. Like it was Oh my it god, you're, so you're, you're like a 
completely different person. It was so hard for me to even get to his apartment. Like I like barely like could hang, I never hung out. I, I had anxiety. I the slightest thing could make me cry. Like I, I was like a ticking time bomb. I, I was so depressed and anxious. Um, and Lou and his spirituality just really, that's how we got connected. I'm the godmother of his newborn baby. And, uh, and, and yeah. that happened within <laughs> less than a full year of fully knowing, knowing yeah. each other. But we, we connected on this spiritual level where he just, I don't know, that was just something that mm-hmm. happened. And I feel like that happened through your spirituality and the way you spoke to me and the way you got me out of this dark hole. And that was just such an amazing thing to see that like somebody was able to bring into my life. And he actually... He actually just like, even the difference we've seen, like with my dad and like his anxiety of going out in the house, like, or out of the house, like Lou is the only person my dad's <laughs> will go over to his house. Like it's just, there's something like so spiritual about you that like, I feel like you bring to the table and there, there was just so much that I learned from him, you know, in the, from the get go. See, but see, it's, it's all attraction, you know. So I, you know, I attracted you into my into my life, and Noah, you attracted like this whole conversation, you know, you being on. Noah said from day one, like we have to get Tyler on, we have to get Tyler on. So I was hitting, and I was just figuring, and I was, I was like, and you know, I I surrendered. It's true to the universe, and I said, you know what, he's going to come on. I just have to act and and walk towards the direction that he's in. I thought it was um, going to be impossible. I was like, we're never going to get on the show, like. You seriously don't even know, like, I mean, I, like the words that I can't even explain, like I've never been so excited to just be able to sit face to face. I'm always the person getting asked questions. Sure. And it's so nice to talk to somebody and genuinely just have question after question after question for them. Sure. Because you're so inspiring to me, for real. You are. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, you inspire I, I me so we, much. I think we attract the right teachers at the right time. We do, for so sure. I have no Absolutely. doubt we're, we're meant to know each other. <laughs> for sure. Do you, um, I, I want to talk about dreams, Tyler. Yeah. Um, you just read my mind. Oh, see, there we go. <laughs> you go for it. You go for it. Oh, uh, what do you dream about? Like, I'm so intrigued as, you know, because obviously, you know, messages come to you in various shapes and forms. I'm, I, I want to know what your dreams are like. I mean, like, how well do you sleep at night? Like, I want to know these type of things. Well, you know, at growing up, it was a lot harder because when yeah. I wouldn't work during the day and do readings, these people would start coming through at night when I would dream. And so I started realizing that as I kind of blew off the steam, steam, so to speak, and started working and started kind of honoring what I was pulled to do, they would appear less in my dreams. So uh, nowadays, you know, when I sleep, I really set the intention to just kind of like it be rejuvenative and peaceful. Um, but there's still times where I'll get occasional visitations. And, and when it happens, I think uh, anybody, you know, can have a visitation. I think anybody can be visited or get insight. And I think that the reason why that is, is because when we're asleep, we're in a more subconscious state. We're more susceptible to noticing things and receiving messages that we don't normally notice because our conscious minds are busy and kind of loaded with what we have to do. So when we're asleep, it's kind of like a blank canvas that things can impress upon us and and communicate. Yeah, because I felt like I've had certain dreams that have almost felt just so real that like, oh my God, can't make this up. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to tell you, I see the number 333 everywhere. If you look at your clock, it's 333. And after a certain dream I had, I started seeing the number 333 everywhere. 
and there was a certain person in that dream and everything like it just all fell into place and now i see 333 and it's crazy that i was going to tell you that and it was 333 on the dot um but i feel like those dreams do you think dreams also not only I don't know if this is like part of your work or you even know about this, but do you think dreams, not only people come through to you through dreams sometimes, but do you think your dreams that you have sometimes give messages to you that may not have anything to do with spirit, but are there other messages? Cause like I have this dream a lot. It's a reoccurring one where I wake up in the dream. Like, like I know I'm waking up out of bed um, or from anywhere and my vision's just blurry. And like, I'm so frustrated the whole time. Like, I can't see, like, it feels like my eyes are squinted. Everything's blurry. Like if I was looking at Lou, but it's like, like so blurry and my heart's racing the whole time. I can't see, I can't see. Or like all the dreams I usually have is more like, I feel like that's a control thing. Like I I feel out of control, right? Like I can't see, like my vision is so blurry through the whole dream that I just see silhouettes of people and like, it's just blurry and I have it all the time. It's reoccurring. I actually told my therapist, I was like, what's happening? Why am I, why am I having this weird dream where I'm like, literally like it's so blurry and I'm feeling around for things and it's so weird, but I've had it so many times that I feel like there's, there, there's a reason or there's symbolism sure. behind that. Totally. I think dream interpretation is an ancient art it goes back thousands of years where people have wondered, you know, what does it mean when we wake up and how does it play into our lives? And I think overall, a lot of dreams um, really revolve around a lack of control, a fear of a loss of control. Um, and I think that sometimes depending on what we're going through in our waking lives, that can be exacerbated when we're asleep. And that takes on certain symbolism and, and certain um, you know, inabilities to maybe see or maybe to hear. Um, a lot of people will dream of their teeth falling out, which is very commonly attributed to, you know, a fear of, of losing control or not being able to have something that you need essential to your well-being. So all of those things that tie into whether it's your sight, your senses, losing things that are important, it's all just kind of a fear, I think, for me, of um, losing control. Yeah, because I, do you ever, have you ever had a dream where you've do you think you've gone somewhere else? For sure. Yeah. That, that can always be a little scary. I'm always like, I want to be back in my body. <laughs> really? What's that like? Is there, is there a story that you can? Well, share? I used to kind of fly around as a child in my dreams quite a bit. And I was going to ask because I know someone that used to kind of go house to house in their right. sleep. And most people who experience it hate it. <laughs> They're usually like, I want to be back. I, I feel I, like you're not sleeping. Yeah, it can be very draining, and that's kind of the downside. It's like, you know, I, I, I barely exercise in my waking life, let alone... When Me I'm- too. So just your body, you don't feel your body when you're doing that, and you're flying around, you're in Peter Pan mode, you, sure. you, you don't feel your body, and then do you feel like when you come, when you wake up, you snap back into it, or... For sure. It can be very jolting and, and really more uncomfortable than it is pleasant, and then I also keep, you know, a lot of people will have sleep paralysis. Are you familiar with what that I, is? I have that. Yeah. So that, when you were describing what you were talking about with kind of the blurriness and that, that actually sometimes can even be a precursor to sleep paralysis, which is, is a medical thing, but I also think it can have spiritual significance depending on how it happens. Because I feel like I have not obviously to your capability, but like my dad and I have always felt like we have this like connection to like the spiritual world and like 
I feel like I do get those feelings sometimes, like even if it's just feeling as if there's someone in the room with me or my chest getting heavy or a gust of wind just walk by me for no reason. And I, and I, you know, and I'll be sitting there and I really do believe that I have those, those capabilities because also Mary, who I, I introduced you to, we talked about it and she was like, Noah, you've got that. We just have to clear you out enough where you can get in touch with it, you know? And now all my fans are going to be like, Noah thinks she's a psychic. Like, <laughs> but no, like I always have had this feeling when I was young, I saw, I call him the little old man and he lives in the, he lives in the house that I was grown. I grow, I grew up in and um, my dad saw a man in the field holding a lantern and I often confuse that guy for my dad wow. where I would, I would just see something kind of behind me, like tall manly figure. And I, I, one time I will never forget. I was on a four wheeler and I said, dad, get on the back. I want to drive this time. And I turned around and my dad wasn't there anymore. Oof. And I saw, I saw this, you, you can ask any member of my family. I saw this old man walking across our living room floor whenever I was about three years old and I was scared to death. And, and I cried and I cried and I kept telling my mom, the little old man, the little old man. Actually, maybe I was like four or five because when I came back from, um, we didn't move to LA because uh, family stuff, work and everything. And then when we would go back to visit, I was still so young that I would say, no, I don't want to go home. The little old man is there. Like, I'm scared. And I used to, like, hear piano from a certain room. And there were just things that, like, you know, my mom doesn't believe me, but my dad will believe me. And he's kind of the one that's, like, always been, like, very spiritual with me with that on that side. Um, is there anything, like, is that, do you think those really are like signs that do you think, and it really is possible for like anybody to have that totally intuition kind of. I, I, and that's exactly what it is. It's an intuition. And even the word intuition means inner tuition, inner knowledge. So I think we all have the ability to tap into that. I think some more than others. And I, I think it's really like a skill that everyone has the ability to do, but some is are more way to practice. Uh, yeah, mindfulness, actually. I think it, it kind of goes even back to the conversation around anxiety. Um, a lot of our issues about being able to touch and kind of connect with our intuition have to do with kind of not being able to let go of the past or being too focused on the future. And so when I do a reading, for example, if I'm having a bad day when I'm starting, if I get an argument with my mom or if you know I'm worried about what's going to happen later on or even worried about the expectation of the reading, it actually hinders the reading. So when I go into reading, I have to be completely present, completely mindful, or else I'm not able to be a clear conduit for information. And so I think those same dynamics apply to everybody. When we're able to be present, we're able to connect to our higher source, our higher capability. And I love you know least, I love your show and your mom is so cute. I love that you. she drives you. <laughs> She's um, a horrible driver, but thank you. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm actually literally talking about what are we going to watch? And I'm literally going to go turn on your show when we're off oh. of this. Um, but yeah, your mom is so cute, by the way. I wanted to tell you that. Now that she'll love that. She drives him to every session. Do you drive yet or no? I don't. And you know, really, in LA traffic, I'm like, well, I'm 24 now. Oh my God, I forgot my age, but yes. Okay, okay. So, I mean, honestly, 
if my mom agreed to driving me to work every day, I would go for it. I would love that so much. Absolutely. It is a challenge to get her to come 10 minutes up the hill to my house. So, <laughs> um, Tyler, you just, you, I mean, what you touched up on, like the mindful, like, do you meditate? You know, I, I've made meditation and not to sound cheesy, but I've tried to make it more of a lifestyle than even a yeah. practice. And so I, when I go throughout my day, I try to find little opportunities to kind of be mindful, to be present, to kind of recenter. For me, I'm, I'm someone who, if I try to sit down and I cross my legs and I go, um, I just have a hard time. My mind strays. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. But I think meditation, you know, it can happen in a lot of forms, just listening to music, daydreaming, being able to anything that's going to bring you into a sense of presence and letting go of that mental noise, I think is a very powerful form of meditation. That actually helped me so much because I, uh, meditating for me, I can't close my eyes and just go silent. And I want to learn to be able to get there because I do practices and everything. And like, I want to be able to get there, but I do, I, I call it my fight or flight mode and I'm used to living in fight or flight, but right now I'm kind of getting out of that. And I want to take advantage of that right now. Like I'm listening to, um, chakra balancing sounds while I sleep. Oh, there we go. Um, you sound like me, Noah. Yeah. And Mary <laughs> actually gave me a specific sound to download and it's a whole thing to play while I'm sleeping. And that she said, I, she said she felt that I was very clogged uh, because of all the I've, depression and, and, and the shit that I've been through since I was a young kid, family issues, everything like that that were publicized, you know, a lot of that hurt me. And she said that she felt like that really filled me up and blocked my senses in a way. And when I sleep and hear this music, she said that that'll just help clear out. And, you know, sometimes I'll just listen to the music and I'll just think these positive, these positive manifestations that this will happen. This will, you know, this, this will happen for my life. This, my, my grandmother will be safe. She's right now, actually, she lives in um, a senior citizen home and one person there got the virus. And my grandma, she, she's older and you know, a lot of people, whenever they get older, get kind of stuck in their ways and she doesn't want to leave and she's refusing to leave her home. And we're like, Mammy, you got to come home. You got to come home. And you know, it's hard. Um, and I'm just trying to put that energy out there that she stays safe. Luckily, my grandmother doesn't like to leave her room. Uh, <laughs> I share that with her. So they, the doctors were actually saying the percentage of her getting it's very slim, unless one of the doctors or nurses or somebody works there, which is very giving me a lot of anxiety lately. But I have been listening to that music. And when I do that, I sit and I try to just be quiet and just think positive things about everybody, you know, that I just want nothing but the best for health, wealth, everything, you know? No doubt. Just being able to recenter is so therapeutic for our anxiety alone and totally. gives us more ammunition, I think, to deal with anything that we are going to face. So Totally. And no, no you so don't have to close I, your eyes to meditate. I don't. I can't. Yeah, you, can, like you can sit there and you can, you can meditate with your eyes open. See, there's, there's all these definitions of me- meditation, but meditation is just being at one with yourself. I mean, like I built the whole garage storage units and I was in meditation the whole time when I was completely focused on exactly what I was doing. And, you know, there was no I'm mind, there was no thoughts, there was no... <laughs> What's that? Just some French fries and a little sandwich. There you go. Mind uh, that soul. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so when you're when you're in a reading, um, trying to find my question, do people usually tell you what they want to know, or do you kind of just want to get your own connection and see what you want to see, well, or we- hear what you want to hear, or feel what you want to feel? I always tell people that basically suspend expectation and just kind of let me do the talking. And so when I sit with people, I firmly believe that, you know, my goal is to give people what they need, leave them better than I find them, give them something that they didn't have before. And I I find that that typically will be the case in a reading that someone will leave hearing, maybe not what they wanted to hear, but what they needed to hear. And when that's the case, I know I've done my job successfully. If that's not the case, then I know I haven't. So you know, my goal is really just to kind of be able to give people that insight, but sometimes that it's not on their radar. And so sometimes even just putting it on their radar is enough to help move them forward. You're so cool. Oh, you're <laughs> here, like, I can't believe I'm on the phone with him right now. I'm literally like in, in shock. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I've literally watched your show since it came out. Um, so I'm a huge fan. And this has been an amazing interview and just being able to talk to you and like get to know you and like know your story. And um, it, it really is like, I just, I'm one of those people that like, I know you made your show for a reason. And for some people out there that are like, you know, inspired by that. And like, I'm one of those people. And so like, it's really cool. And I love your show and I love you. You're amazing. Thank you for being on our show. Of course. I wouldn't miss it. This is just the beginning. We'll I'll, I'll get into those DMs and we'll oh, talk. Yeah. <laughs> Lou, do you have his number? No, no, no. I, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll sort it we'll out. It. Don't okay, worry yeah. no. We're connected now. There's, there's yeah, no escaping. I'll, I'll actually turn on my music and I'm going to go like this and I'm going to send you telepathic thoughts there you go like, <laughs> i'll put it my radar <laughs> i just want to touch up on your 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 crystal get game tyler is it, it, it you know it's nearly as good as mine i have to admit you know i have my uh my quartz crystal around my neck and i see the crystal in the back yes and i saw your and instagram I have, post i have a crystal that yes uh, it's all tangled up in here that lou gave me <laughs> yeah they can get pretty heavy on the neck, but yeah, I, I just like to have them around. I think they're just so beautiful. They're so very rarely in life do you see such natural beauty. And to me, yep. they just embody natural beauty. So for me, that's why I keep them. Is that a crystal behind you? It is. It's a tangerine quartz. Okay. Yep. <laughs> He's got the vibes going on. I, I need to on. get my crystal game up. Yes. I'm going to get you one now. I'll get you a big okay. one. <laughs> okay. A um, big old rock. Yep. I, I can't thank you enough. Seriously, oh. thank you for coming thank on in my fields. Dearly. No, oh, you're amazing God. as always. We'll be in touch. Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to DM you. Yeah, um, I'll DM you back. <laughs> thank you for being on the show. You seriously don't know. This made my entire oh. year and life and everything. Like, I am so happy to have you on the show. I'm going to go listen to July right now. Oh, my God. You're so <laughs> Love you, Lou. All right. Peace bye out. Bye. Love you guys. Bye, Peace. Tyler. Thank, thank you, you so much. Here. Bye. Bye. <laughs>